0: Thanks, I.O. I need to put that on my reading list. I guess mathematics for human flourishing. I appreciate the fact that you read that book. It's a unique gathering. I don't know anybody else who's uh, in the room with people from other denominations and other tribes, saying, "How do we? How do we?" strengthen church planters to reach every man woman and child in greater houston together how do we see our city saturated with the gospel together and don't misunderstand that i'm not saying there aren't other groups doing that i just don't know who they are and i'm so grateful to be in the room with you i'm humbled to to get to talk to you about what i get to talk to you about today which is really it's not a sermon it's It's the telling of a story, a story that's not over, a story that's represented by what God's doing in counseling in a church and in schools in a church and marriages in someone's life that brings the gospel to other people. It's a story that that we're all a part of. And I want to remind us of the story because I think reminding us of the story kind of helps us know where we're headed. And I don't know where we're headed, but I do think the story is indicative of what God has done and therefore is doing In our midst, I remind you, we stand on the shoulders. All of us stand on the shoulders of people who have walked with Jesus, people who have prayed for this to happen in this city. And we get to taste some of what they asked God for for years that they never tasted. So we're on the receiving end of that grace. And I remind you that we're responsible for this moment. For this moment. A moment that others didn't get to experience, we are experiencing in ways that God intends to use in our community. And so what are we going to do in this moment? I'm reminded of what you know, we see in the book of Acts where it says David, let, he served God in his generation, and then he died. You know, Count Zinzendorf when he you know, said, let us preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. I mean, we have a time, and then we die. And this is our time. And in our time, we, we need to hear the Holy Spirit and be fully ready for action. See, in our community, we are, we are aspirational. Matter of fact, most of us in this room, because we share a common aspiration for seeing the gospel of Jesus saturate our city. But our aspiration has to make way to action. Not that that aspiration is unimportant or ever goes away. It's a critical part of what defines our relationships. But as we look down the road as as to how God might use us as a community of churches, it is action that we need to give some attention to. So I have a bold aspiration. Um, My aspiration is to talk a little bit about a lot of things and not a lot about anything. What I mean by that, I'm going to really try to do a lot with you. And so I'm doing a lot because I want to remind us of our moment. And in knowing our moment, you have a story in your church and your story exists in a city of other stories. And collectively we have a story so I'm really just trying to remind us of the, the grander story of what we're trying to do together and then lead us to a time where we say, okay, what does that look like for me then? And what does it look like in action for the church that I'm leading along the way? So I'm going to remind you of a couple of things. One is just this passage in Acts nine thirty-one that says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. We love the fact that it multiplied, but you got to see all the other things, right? That multiplication was across different groups in different geographies. And it was because these people feared the Lord. These churches have been built up. These people are being led along by the Holy Spirit. And churches like that, it is in God's heart and mind that they multiply. And so the story we're in is really built on a a theology. Matter of fact, I want to talk to you about the theology of the church, uh, of church planting, I should say. So obviously, it's not going to be long. It's just going to be... Kind of just a taste of the theology, but we're rooted in, in biblical history in what we're trying to do in planting churches. And from that, then say, okay, what is our vision together? What is the story of what God's done, done among us? And then what are we going to do about it? So if you didn't follow all of that, you'll follow as we go. So here's just a brief theology of church planting. I think of it like the doctrine of the Trinity. You know, the doctrine of church planting is nowhere and yet it's everywhere at the same time, all through the Bible. We have a missional God who is ascending God. All those that he saves, he he sends. And so we see a community of God's redeemed people, Israel, who are sent to the world to both be those who receive the gift of the revelation of God's glory and then they share the revelation of God's glory with other people. That's their assignment in the world because that's what God does. He shows himself to the world through a community of people. And then we see that same thing in the New Testament when we see the local church. And so the Great Commission then is, it assumes that churches will be planted because the nature of salvation is that we are, born again into a community of redeemed people and marked by baptism into a Trinitarian belief in God. That God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is at work all around us in the world. The incarnation of Jesus speaks to the planting of churches. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he says the church is now the body of Christ who represents the presence and the purpose of God in a community. So the church... Um, the church is to become flesh in a community because God wants to reveal himself in the body of Christ. And Jesus on earth was body number one, and his local church is body number two in the community. And so if God's going to reveal himself, he has chosen to do so through the body, the church. And so when we read the New Testament, We see church planting everywhere. It's all about the church being developed and corrected and multiplying. If we just look in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, the Holy Spirit comes, and immediately, what does he say? And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So the God who came to be among us in his spirit says... We're at work here. There's something to do to bring glory to God as we are witnesses, and not just to people who look like us, and not just to people who live where we live, but we have a responsibility much beyond ourselves. And so in Acts chapter 8, when the church is spread, the gospel gets spread. In Acts chapter 13, in the church of Antioch, it was the people who were listening to the Spirit say, Some of your best need to leave the house because they need to be planting churches in other places. And the Holy Spirit sent people to go start new churches in new communities, and that is the story of the book of Acts over and over again. And it's the story of the New Testament with all the epistles that are written where the church, again... Is not only being the church, but it's being on the mission of Jesus in the world. So we see the, the grand arc of the Bible goes something like this. Go be fruitful and multiply. And that's not just about having sex and having babies, okay? Being fruitful and multiplying is the the world existed of people who were all worshipers of God when that was said, right? And so the whole plan was that God's sending his people to make other worshipers of God so that... Ultimately, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we see this culminating vision in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, where every tribe and every tongue and every nation is bowing before Jesus. And the method of Jesus and the way of Jesus and God's grand plan is his community of faith, the local church, living breathing, a fellowship with Jesus that is then multiplied beyond itself and even to the ends of the earth. So that's why our vision at HCPN is to be a collaborative movement of church planting churches that saturate the city with the gospel of Jesus in our lifetime. So Let's take a moment. We're a collaborative movement. Io said he loves the fact that collaboration, that's what comes to his mind when he thinks of HCPN. Collaboration's all about relationship. It's about trust. It's about you knowing me and me knowing you and we, us loving each other and loving Jesus enough to say we're gonna be for each other and we're gonna be for the mission of Jesus together. And we're a collaborative movement of church planting churches. So your church is called to plant churches. And my church is called to plant churches. And we'll do it better together. But the end game is not how many churches we can count that are planted, but that the gospel saturates our city. That churches share the gospel of Jesus in the communities where God's put us. And so we want to do this in our lifetime. All right, look at me. I don't have that much time. All right? All kidding aside, this goes by so fast. All of you young men in the room, listen to an old man. It is like a breath. The scripture says so. Your, your life is a vapor. <sighs> it, it, it's gone. And so that's why there must be urgency urgency about planting churches about taking the gospel to every dark corner of our city we say it this way our vision is not to see this herd of elephants marching through the city meaning big churches but y'all know the words uh, infestation of mice we want to see an infestation that's pushing back the darkness in every corner of the city by bringing the light of the gospel into every community That only happens when we multiply churches. I pastor a larger church. There are communities all across the city. We're never going to touch those communities. Maybe we can touch those communities by investing in leaders of churches that are serving in those communities, but that's our best bet in doing that. So our dream is going to require God raising up an army of church planters. And it's a field of dry bones. But this is not God's first rodeo. He's raised up some dry bones into an army before. And we need to ask him to do that among us. I envision large resource churches that will stop ignoring the need and even the blaze of God in the city. Now, that sounds really critical. But listen, I'm asking that God would move in the hearts of pastors and church leaders and large churches that have so much going on and that's got so much programming that's demanding so much of their life that they look around and say, it's not enough. It's not enough to give my life to this one thing that we're doing. I want to be a part of what God is doing for the whole church in the city to see churches multiplied across the city. Listen, I pastor a church with a lot of resources. I know how that works. It takes a lot of resources to do what we do. But if we value things differently, we can reallocate resources so that we see churches planted in the city more frequently. Ultimately, we kind of take all of our vision down to a a very simple statement these days. We say uh, our vision is 4,400 And forty. You guys all know what these is. These things are forty networks, forty networks. So some of you are new to HCPN. HCPN is not technically a network. We are a network of networks. So what we mean is that we want to see church planting networks, and sometimes that means a denomination, and sometimes it's just a church planting network, all collaborating together for the sake of the city, and whatever God might be doing in the network that we're a part of, we want to be generous and share freely with one another so that we build up and encourage each other in the planting of churches. But we also know that a broad-based network like ours, we we run into barriers at times, Because theologically, maybe we just don't agree about some things that are important to us. And so we can stay loyal within our networks and plant within our networks, but also collaborate together for the sake of the city and be generous in giving to one another, even if we have disagreements along the way, if we work best through networks. So we want to see 40 networks working together like this across the city. We want to see 400 churches... I should have asked you, Chad, how many churches do we have today? 154 churches in HCPN today. We don't see 400 churches. Why 400? Because that's 10% of the churches in the city. Ten, imagine, 10% of the churches in the city are giving themselves to seeing other churches planted. That could create a tipping point in the city. A tipping point where people who don't know Jesus begin to see the church differently because the church doesn't just exist for itself. We're existing to see other churches planted as well. And then the next 40 is 40 cities across the world that are committed to seeing a multiplying movement of church planting churches. So when we originally dreamt of doing HCPN, we, we really did. I, don't, I just think it was a gift from God. He gave us this sense that maybe God would work among us in a way that we could even build into other cities. And Chad's been pouring into other cities all across America, we've done two different city network conferences to train people what it looks like to build a city network. And how many cities, Chad, you know? Uh, we've, taken that. we've taken 23 groups of people, leaders from other cities, doing training to try to help this happen in other cities as well. And when we say that, I don't mean they do HCPN there. God's going to do something different. It may be the very thing that we need to learn the most from, whatever he does there, but we're just saying, we can't fill your cup, we can, we can empty ours, we're going to give you all we got, and however the Lord uses, then praise God for that. So, what does the journey ahead look like? Well, a good place to start is where we've come from. And so for some of you who are new, uh, I'm going to give you just a brief history, and for some of you who have been here a long time, sorry, endure with me, would you? In 2009, we started with a gathering, and that gathering is the same kind of gathering that we do today. We gather nine times a year or so with the single purpose of strengthening church planters. Some of you, you've been a church planter long, long enough to know it's lonely, you become weary, And you need somebody to look across the table at you, at least on a monthly basis, and say, you're not crazy. You heard the Lord speak. You're doing what he's called you to do. It's hard, but you're not crazy, and you're not alone. And so three things happen in those meetings. First, we seek to strengthen church planners, and so we try to bring in someone who can help do that. We foster collaboration. We we try to say, again, we got to know each other if we're going to do work together. And so the hope is that you don't sit at the table with the same people every time. And if you become an ambassador for what HCPN is about, you're meeting new people and helping connect with other people in the room because that kind of collaboration is essential to the work that God's called us to do. And then we pray for each other and for the city. So now for 14 years we've been doing this. Those things have not changed. I don't foresee them changing anytime soon. The next thing that we began to experience is, I won't go through the whole story, but we, some of us committed to do a residency together. And so we started a finishing residency. I'm just curious, how many of you have been a part of the finishing residency here? Look around the room if you're new around here. So it's a year-long residency plan, you know, trying to help prepare guys to, to do the actual planting of a church. And then later we added a prequel to that residency, the foundational residency. How many of you have been in, in the foundational residency? Okay. And then uh, we added... Ongoing cohorts called fortifying cohorts for church planters who are in the first couple of years of church planting. Needing ongoing encouragement for that. And then uh, really cool, a cu- couple of years ago, there was a cohort for revitalizing churches. John Weddington did that, um, that cohort. And these are just some of the fresh things God has done along the way. And all of, uh, through those residencies, we became more and more aware. And we had this deeper yearning for prayer. We began to understand more and more how uh, important prayer was to this whole process. And so uh, while I would say we've been committed to prayer, our commitment to prayer has grown. And recently at one of our regionals, uh, you know, I shared by way of video um, this, this diagram, that, or sorry, this, uh, this picture, this picture of a tree. Let me tell you how this came about. Uh, we were talking as a board about what does, it look, what does city movements look like? And the five different elements that you see there are pretty commonly understood as to what are essential parts, aspects of city movement. Jeff Vanderstelt is sharing a lot these days with those five, uh, five things. But that's been common in conversations for a long time. Well, in our conversation, we're saying, okay, what is the role of church planting in all of that? And I think, as I remember anyway, Steve Besner, who's in the room at the back, uh, Steve kind of drew a diagram about. The role of prayer and the role of church planting, uh, and then the other three things. And, uh, and then Jeremiah kind of took that idea and put it into this picture. So uh, we want to be about unified prayer and fasting because we think that is the roots, that is the source of life for all that we do. And that's critically important to us. And then we believe that church planting is the organizing principle of what God is doing in the city. By that I mean, you think about what brings us together is relationship and mission. And what is our common mission? It is to plant churches that help saturate the city with the gospel. But what happens in that collaboration then are these other three fruits, if you will, of our relationship. We have multiplying disciples, healthy leaders. I don't know about you. Well, no, I do know about you because I'm one of you. Uh, When I was a young man, it's funny, John. How are you? How old are you? Thirty-four. I left the past, uh, I left the church that he's pastoring today when I was thirty-three to start Clear Creek, and I'd spent about six years yearning for, looking for relationships with other pastors who would pray together and try to encourage each other so we could be healthy pastors together. And I didn't find that. It just felt like there was closed doors at every turn. And that's why I get weepy in a room like this when we prayed the way that we prayed this morning, because you have a greater opportunity to really be healthy together than you do if you try to do it alone. And so when we talk about multiplying disciples and healthy leaders, and we understand kind of what these guys were even talking about, how... When we're serving the city together and God begins to do something around a counseling ministry in our church or around marriage ministries in our church and all of a sudden we can share with one another, it's a game changer. So with that understanding, we think prayer, prayer is the root of what we do. And that's why even though we're a church planting organization, we're going to have a lot of energy to trying to organize each other to, to pray All right, Uh, with that in mind, part of our story is just the people that God's brought to to help lead HCPN, and so um, HCPN, let's just say it, is built um, on the the relational capacity, the, the hard work that Chad Clarkson has done in developing relationships with All of us, Jeremiah was a part of that in the very early days of gathering all the key leaders that I think helped start uh, at least the residency side of HCPN. And so we're deeply grateful and overwhelmed and blessed to get to work with Chad. Uh, We've done this a long time together, and um, he's gold. And then, um, oh yeah, who's running those slides? Okay, cool. All right. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I really thought it was the humble side of you that didn't want to have your name on the screen. Matt Lee, where's Matt? I've been looking at you, okay, Matt Lee. We are so blessed to have Matt Lee as the director of residency here. I mean, I'm telling you, we thought we did not even have a dream that we could get someone so qualified, so experienced, someone we love, like we love Matt. And so we're just deeply grateful for Matt. And, uh, and then Micah Squires is the most awesome <laughs> operations director. If you don't know, Micah Squires is my daughter, but that's not why she's awesome at that. Uh, but she is awesome at that. And it's a great gift to, to ACPN. And then I'll put up the names of the board of directors as well. Many of them are in the room. And I do this really because I want you to know uh, the board of directors. And so Jeff Wells, right over here. Ken Werlein. Ken Werlein is right here, Steve Besner. You'll hear from Blake Wilson tomorrow, Jeremiah Morris, Lawrence Scott. Where's Lawrence? Right there's Lawrence Scott. And Jarrett Stevens was unable to be with us. So um, as a board, let me tell you what we think about. We think about how can we just um, model and hopefully encourage just the kind of collaboration that multiplies, that helps people work together and to multiply churches. That's it. That's, that's all we're doing. And so we need your prayers. And if we're going to have 400 churches, it's not going to be just this board. You know, a lot of the emphasis, and hopefully you've tasted this, is that we're trying to become... Um, more diversified and and have regions that are are working in healthy ways because you can't just keep building on the same uh, organizational structure and have 400 churches involved in HCPN. All right. So if you're not new around here, thanks for your patience with all that. I want to land this way. I want to talk to you about five ways that we plant together. Five ways that we plant together. And this is where aspiration turns to action and here's the first way gentlemen it will be us cultivating collaboration that makes this happen it won't be me or Chad or Jeremiah or the board it will be all of us if we see 400 churches with a vision to multiply churches it will be because your entire network of relationships is influenced by your enthusiasm for the multiplication of churches in a collaborative way. So I would urge you, I don't even know how to say this without it sounding like I'm selling something. We just got to keep showing up. I mean, every time somebody's new and they sit down at the table, someone needs to look be able to look across the table at them who's all in. I mean, your blood's running hot about multiplying churches and they don't have a clue about what HCPN is. They gotta catch it from us. And that we care about them because healthy pastors in this city means that we can collaborate to plant churches. You have unhealthy churches, uh, unhealthy pastors, I should say, and then we're going to have a bunch of unhealthy churches. So we need each other for that. So, man, if you can, show up. And I know sometimes we can't. But when we stop coming together, we start coming apart. You know how that goes? And so, show up. And then, I try to think of it this way. If God does something really cool among us, Share it. Let other people uh, experience that. As much as you can give away what you can to other churches, that mutuality, that kind of generosity from one church to another, it just says, man, we are in this together. And any crumb that God gives us by his grace, let's just share with others. I would urge you to initiate time with pastors and church leaders. Um, Ralph and I were talking earlier where's Ralph and you know I know he's been initiating in his community and he doesn't always get a good response you know when you initiate and yet um, I can tell you that for us it feels like we're constantly trying to initiate and trying to initiate because every time you initiate you're building trust even if they said no and just keep trying again because we're cultivating collaboration. The second thing we can do Five ways to plant together is prayer. And, you know, there, there's a whole lot of ways we can pray. I'm just going to mention, too, um, you know, those of you who have been around here a while, you know about Awaken Houston. So we, we spend a season of prayer together every year uh, as a part of HCPN. And it's, it's happened in different ways. It, typically, it was, you know, from Advent, I mean, from Easter to Pentecost. But there's going to be a season where in this year I think it's February, you said where we're going to have opportunity to really pray and just ask God to work among us. Um, but what you receive today and on that back table is a calendar, and that calendar is every day of the year there are pictures of pastors to pray for on different days and churches that can be prayed for on different days. And I'm tell me if I'm wrong about this. <laughs> and so. That whole calendar is intended to keep in front of us so that we can continue praying and let that be the the source of our strength as we seek God uh, in the work that we're doing. Anything you want to add to that? Okay. The next piece I would say is training and encouragement of church planters. Uh, For those who are pastoring existing churches and if you have some experience and there's some unique way that maybe God's just blessed you or gifted you, I would just say... Use what God gave you to help train other church planters. Part of this whole design is I get to bring maybe what I'm uniquely gifted at, and Jeff brings what he's uniquely gifted at, and Ken does, and so do all of you as we train church planters across the city. I think specifically about Russ, Russell Cravens, and Russell Cravens is, uh, well, He's a mountain of a man, you know? No, I mean, seriously, R- Russell's always been a guy that's in great shape, and he he's he's informed and he's aware, and he's helping a lot of church planners learn to take care of their bodies, which is important to do. That's one of many things he does, okay? And then, you know, I mentioned John Wethington earlier, and John's revitalizing churches. He's got experience revitalizing churches, and that's a challenging thing to do. He can bring that to the table. Okay? How will God use you to help prepare church planters all across the city? And so I can't tell you that everything you bring to the table that you want to do a training on, that will do that because Matt is the director of residency. I'm not, but I can tell you this, that our whole philosophy is we want pastors from across the city to be involved in training church planters because I tell church planters one of the greatest gifts you get if you plant with ACPN if you get trained at ACPN, is after you've done the training, you're going to walk away and you're going to have pastor cell phone numbers in your phone. And when you're starting a church, you got people to call because you have relationships. And so this is a call to use what God gave you and to enter into relationships. And this is not an issue about who's got a big church and a little church. Remember, we're an infestation of mice. We're pushing into every dark corner of the city. And so they're different sized churches. That's great. God needs God uses different sized churches for different things. Okay, and then funding is next. Number four is funding. We're moving from aspiration to action. And one of them is funding. So HCPN does not fund church plants. Anybody not know that? We don't fund church plants. Churches fund church plants. So we fund collaboration and training church planters, but when a church gets planted, it's not because HCPN planted a church. We've never planted a church. We are a nonprofit that churches use to help train church planters and identify church plants that those local churches can fund. So This is critically important to understand. We believe that the local church multiplies. Local churches plant churches. And that means that when you fund a church planter, and we're structured with elders, however you're structured, that the people who are leading in your church begin to have a relationship with church planters because you've decided to fund them. And they have some responsibility and accountability with you, and you have responsibility to give prayer support and be present with them and serve in other ways that you can. But that's how we become multiplying churches. That's how we move from aspiration. Yeah, we'd love to see a multiplying movement of church planting churches in Houston to my church is planting churches. I'm a part of a collaboration of church planting churches. That's very different than just an aspiration. And so we don't fund churches. We encourage churches to fund churches we try to put trained church planters up in front of church leaders to say would you consider funding this church plant i would say it's critical that somehow you you get in your church budget money in your mission budget to fund church planters and then make hcpn a line item in your budget I don't know what you need to give to HCPN. I'm just saying, would you give something? All of our churches are different in our capacity to give. Uh, Clear Creek, we give a lot of money. These churches, that are, these guys on the board, they give a lot of money. We give $100,000. Our churches do. And we have a big budget, though. So don't think about the number. Just think about the commitment. Get a line item, whatever you can do. That's probably going to mean you're going to have to have a conversation with some leaders and express whether or not you have value for this as a church. If you see that you want to participate in this as a church, and whatever you put in that line item is a way that you can help shape your church to be a part of a collaborative movement of other churches that are working together for the sake of the city. And listen, I mean this sincerely. If it's not HCPN, do that with someone so that your church doesn't just think they're on an island they get to be a part of something greater, grander than themselves. And so uh, I can tell you that we don't need your money to do what we're doing today. I'm not making an appeal to you because we need your money. It's an appeal to say, what does God want to do with us in the future? That's a different story. Because Houston is made up of so many different um, Ethnic groups, language groups, and look around—the whole lot of white people in this room. So, what we need is the resources to be able to adequately equip, you know, church planters of other ethnicities as well for across the city. Lastly, um, number five: identify church planters. As I said earlier, it's going to take an army of church planters and um, it seems like the pipeline's drying up. See, the way student ministry was done in the past prepared people to plant churches later. The way student ministry is done today, much, much less so. And people who are doing student ministry are like, I I don't want to go plant a church. I, I would rather just go get a job being a pastor. And uh, so here's the deal. We have to elongate the runway of preparing people to be church planters. And I think that means in all of our churches, it needs to be pretty commonplace that we are constantly casting vision with our student ministry about what church planting looks like. And with The guys who are business people in our churches, Uh, give them a vision for for the church. So this last summer at our student ministry, I took like seven minutes at student ministry camp. Were you at that camp? You were. Uh, And no kidding, it's like seven minutes maybe, maybe 10. This was my message to them. My message to them was when I was growing up, I described what the church was like that reached me a non-church kid who came to faith in Jesus. And that church was a bunch of choir robes and described the whole experience. And that's nothing like the church that I pastor today. And I I said, you know why it's not like a church I pastor today? Because I feel like I have taken responsibility to try to reach my generation in my lifetime. And so that looks different than the previous generation Guess what? I don't know what the future generation is going to look like. But I'm looking at these students and I said, but you do. And God wants you to take responsibility to reach your generation in your lifetime. And that means you're going to have to figure out what does it look like to be loyal to the scripture, for the church to be the church, and for the gospel to be preached to a community of people that I don't even understand. But you do. And so God's going to call some of you to be church planners and some of you to be business people who give generously in your local church. And together, we can see churches multiplied to reach future generations. That was the, the talk I gave them. Our student guys have come to me since and said, we want you to give that talk in our student ministry during the year and then give it again at camp. Because they said, our students are responding to that. I don't know if you extend an invitation in your church. But if you extend an invitation regularly, I would say if we want to see God raise up church planters, we have, to, we have to cast that appeal, that invitation. Say, is the Lord calling you? And sometimes the Lord may be calling because when you extended the appeal, the Spirit used that moment to do the call. All right. You know, we make commitments, I tell our churches all the time, we make commitments and our commitments make us. And we make our commitments before our commitments make us. So if we make our commitments before our commitments make us, if we aspire this multiplying movement of church planting churches, I'm just telling you, we need to make those commitments now. We make the kind of commitments that... Make action that we all participate in something that God uses to create a future that we're asking Him for. So we got to get beyond aspiration to action. I say it again. I think what we're experiencing is rare, it's unique. Um, I hope it's not the end game. Listen. If it is, God's good. He's got something better anyway. But I hope it's not the end game. I hope we are providing some shoulders for other people to stand on in generations to come. And I really do pray and hope that we see a real multiplying movement of church planting churches that saturate Houston with the gospel in our lifetime, not just your lifetime, in our lifetime, which would be a great work of God. Amen. So in your packet of materials, you got a little thing that looks like this. Um, if you haven't looked at it yet, this is a brochure, basically, and in part of it, there's a plan where it says, let's do this together. It shares a lot of what I've shared with you today. And then there is a a card in there where you can communicate with HCPN, uh, both your commitment and your desire for a conversation or something you want to talk about in terms of your engagement. Um, And and if that feels salesy to you, I promise you, that's not where it's coming from. It's like you, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. You're the guys who's Set aside time to be here for 24 hours To pray and to seek God about this So if there's some way you want to be engaged We're just trying to provide a way For you to communicate about that Okay So I'll pray for us Father in heaven The fact that you included us It's overwhelming That you have done this among us So that I know most of the people in this room and uh, we don't even live near each other. Some of us uh, had nothing else in common other than uh, Jesus and a love for Houston and a desire to see churches planted. And yet now we um, we get to share life as brothers and be a part of what you're doing um, in this city. Would you please, Lord, guide our steps, each one of us, about how our churches can be involved in planting churches about how we can invest in the future generation of church planters. Please guide us so that as a a network of networks that we build each other up and we model a kind of generosity that looks like the kind of love you've shown to us that's so full of grace. And so help us to love each other that way too, I pray. And in the end, Lord, we uh, we just want to bring glory to you and uh, experience joy in you as we do this work together. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen.